0: he says he wouldn't call it a crisis. Six of the eight people killed in this week's spa shootings in Georgia were Asian women. Police say they're not ruling out a hate crime. 21-year-old Mike uh, Robert Aaron Long told them he was trying to atone for a sex addiction. Cherokee County Sheriff's Captain Jay Baker. Pretty
1: much fed up and kind of at the end of his rope and
2: Um, And yesterday was a really bad day for him, and this is what he did.
0: Activist author Helen Zia is outraged by that description. I couldn't believe that a police captain uh, was recounting the bad day that the killer had without a shred of empathy for the really bad day that the eight victims and their families had. Long is charged with eight counts of murder. Two massage therapists in Houston have filed civil suits, accusing the Texan star quarterback, Deshaun Watson of sex assault, KHOU Stephanie Whitfield. After the first lawsuit was filed, Watson posted a statement on Twitter saying, I have never treated any woman with anything other than the utmost respect. He says before filing suit, The plaintiff's lawyer made a baseless six-figure settlement demand, which I quickly rejected. A new report shows we're making progress, kicking the gas habit. CBS's Jim Krasula. The world's demand for gasoline that has powered personal transportation for more than a century probably won't return to pre-pandemic levels. The Paris-based International Energy Agency says an accelerating global shift toward electric vehicles will more than outweigh any growing demand for gasoline from developing countries. Scientists offering a new way to cut down on cow burps and flatulence that send potent greenhouse gases into the atmosphere. Researchers found adding small amounts of seaweed to their feed caused them to belch out 82 percent less methane. This is CBS News.
1: Switch to T-Mobile for business and get an amazing deal on your business plan. Stop in-store today for details. Terms and conditions apply. See T-Mobile.com for more. It's totally normal to be constipated with belly pain, straining, and bloating again and again. No way. You could have a chronic condition called irritable bowel syndrome with constipation, or IBSC. Linzess, or linaclutide, is a prescription that treats IBSC in adults. Linzess works differently than laxatives to help relieve belly pain and let you have more frequent and complete bowel movements. Individual results may vary. Do not give to children less than six, and it should not be given to children six to less than 18. It may harm them. Do not take Linzess if you have a bowel blockage. Get immediate help if you develop unusual or severe stomach pain, especially with bloody or black stools. The most common side effect is diarrhea, sometimes severe. If it's severe, stop taking Linzess and call your doctor right away. Other side effects Include gas, stomach area pain, and swelling. Talk to your doctor today. You may be able to save on Linzess and make fewer trips to the pharmacy. See if you're eligible to pay as little as $30 for 90 days. Visit linzess.com or call 1-800-LINZESS. Sponsored by Abbey and Ironwood Pharmaceuticals.
0: A judge in Wisconsin is in trouble with the law. Milwaukee County Circuit Court Judge Brett Blahmey has been charged with seven felony counts of having child pornography. According to the criminal complaint, the Department of Justice began investigating Blomy on a tip that late last year, he had uploaded through the KICK messaging app, explicit videos and pictures of children, some toddlers. Court Commissioner Brian Asma saying during Blomy's initial court appearance.
1: The allegations are certainly disturbing. Uh, there are significant potential penalties if convicted and there are multiple
0: counts. Blahmy is out on bond. The Wisconsin Supreme Court has barred him from the bench. Jennifer Kuiper, CBS News. People who get COVID shots at Walmart and Sam's Club may be able to verify their vaccination status soon at airports, schools, and other places using a health passport app on their smartphones. The big box retailer has signed on to an international effort to provide standardized credentials. Deborah Rodriguez, CBS News.
1: and start saving. Here it is. Call 866-88-BIBLE. That's eight six six eighty eight 88 bible Eight six six eighty eight 88 bible This time of the year, the weather changes quickly. And when you want to know about the school closings, you'll get them on Classic Hits 970 WATH and 97.1 FM. Listen every morning from 6 till 8.30 for the complete list that affects you. The school closings on WATH is brought to you by Ohio Health Oblentis Hospital. Believe in we, the school closings when you want them on your center for winter weather information. Classic Hits 970 WATH and 97.1 FM.
2: Since 1972, Dan Inman Electric has been providing professional solutions at fair prices. Whether it is dedicating a line for your computer, running all-new electric lines, installing
1: new lighting, air services, ductwork for distributing the best heating and cooling throughout your home, or complete HVAC system installations for the home or office, Dan Inman Electric can hook you up. Consider a backup generator
2: for those untimely Southeast Ohio power outages. Call Dan Inman Electric, 740-593-8813. That's Dan Inman Electric, 740-593-8813.
1: Introducing Donato's Cauliflower Crust Pizza. Donato's Cauliflower Crust Pizza has 30% fewer carbs than the brand's thin crust, and you can choose from three signature 10-inch pies including cauliflower heat with pepper jack cheese, jalapenos, fresh red pepper, and plant-based sausage. Or the cauliflower garden with green peppers, onions, mushrooms, and plant-based sausage. Not your style? Totally okay. You can make your own 10-inch cauliflower pizza to your liking. Only at Donato's on East State Street in Athens. Steps right to the line, goes down the lane, throws it low on the right. Scores it, and he's fouled again, C.J. Walker. Washington dribbles top of the key, throws another three, and it's good mm. for Dwayne. Fakes, lean, shoots low on the left. Banker missed, rebounds, it's missed. Puts it up and in, and he's fouled from right of the rim. Just as suing. This is the voice of the Buckeyes, Paul Keels. Ohio State opens play in the NCAA tournament Friday against Oral Roberts. We'll be on the air with the Buckeye Free Game Show beginning at 2.15 on the Ohio State Sports Network presented by the James.
2: The Ohio State Buckeyes on classic hits 970, 97.1 FM, WATH. For the NCAA tournament is brought to you locally by Steak and Shake,
1: Mark Porter, Larry's Doghouse, Shauna Stump, McDonald's, Wendy's, and Matthew's Insurance. Best of luck to the Buckeyes in this year's NCAA tournament. In our 71st year of service to Southeast Ohio, AM 970 and 97.1 FM, WATH.
2: what a beautiful day it is outside look at that gorgeous weather and yeah right and they say we may get um, kind of stormy here later in the day that's all right i gotta go to columbus here in a few minutes hey it's uh the monthly update from the mayor of athens and guess what he's here That's right. Uh, Slowly, we're going to start having more of our guests return to the studios rather than doing it over the phones, and I tell you, it really is kind of exciting. So, uh, good morning, Steve. Good Good morning, morning. Dave. From six feet away. That's right. We have, um, we all, um, everybody in the studio here has gone through the, what do you call it, vaccination process. And um I still have one week left on that two weeks after the second, you know what I mean
3: Have you ever in your life been so excited about getting a vaccine, having a sharp needle put in your arm? and
2: actually, I've never minded I haven't either any of that stuff. Um, I always feel like you know, I'm doing what's what I'm supposed to be doing to get the shingles or the the, the, the flu, flu and all of those things it's just it's just being responsible yeah and um so no it's never bothered me and I was certainly excited to finally get our turn we um, we got delayed three weeks because we got exposed so we had to uh, at um, uh, dick Gaskell's, Jim wait a minute Dick. That's
3: right. Yeah, James, but... <laughs>
2: yeah. But, um, well, he goes by... Dick. Dick. Yeah. Anyway, because it's James Richard Gaskell, see? But anyway, Dick Gaskell said, well, okay, just hold off, um, and then we'll reschedule you. And so we've had both of our shots, but we have one more week on the second shot post... You know what I mean.
3: I, I do. Oh, it's good. You know, here's what's so so encouraging right now i guess i was gonna say great it is great but encouraging is the fact that you know we started seeing slowly the vaccine come into athens county back on you know december 20th i remember as if it were d-day so the vaccine started coming in slowly we went through the the you know the the what one a and then it went into one b and that was slow and then it was individuals age 80 plus and then it went to 75 plus and 70 yada 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 and it was just it was it was slow and i think we all kind of were looking down this tunnel
2: mm-hmm.
3: um knowing that eventually there's going to be light at the end of the tunnel that won't be a train <laughs> and um and now things are really accelerating as to where, as we all know, starting tomorrow. And really, I think there's a lot of pharmacies that are already starting to fill up and distribute vaccine to individuals age 40 plus. Mm. Uh, and then on the 29th of March, it's going to be all adults. So age 16 plus. Is uh,
2: 16 now? The-
3: 16. Wow. Yeah, because I don't know if it's Pfizer, Moderna, it or J&J, but, you know, one of them yeah. has been tested to individuals. Oh, I know. know
2: what you need. okay. Yeah. But I thought the definition of adult was. I am with
3: you. But, okay. but But you know what? Kids are getting smarter, younger, and so let's just say they're adults. <laughs> I um, like it. <laughs> uh, well, and, by uh, the
2: um, just not to interrupt, but um, as of yesterday, 19.1% of our county has already been tested. Vaccinated. Yeah, isn't that wonderful? Nineteen point one percent.
3: Yeah, yeah. So that's great news. The other thing to share, since we're on this front, mm-hmm. uh, frontal assault, if you will, on COVID nineteen, is that there's uh, Athens County was selected to be one of four counties to have a mobile vaccination unit come in to distribute. I believe it's the Johnson and Johnson vaccine that'll be coming soon i was told the end of march well we're almost at the end of march or we're getting close and uh what uh, this will do is this mobile unit will allow our city county health department to deploy into areas where transportation might not be readily available or there might be challenges with you know being able to drive into athens Get so, your shot,
2: like Stimson Avenue. <laughs>
3: it would, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. We're going to park it by Sonic and uh, yeah, catch them before you have <laughs> no, to no. leave the roundabout. I'm sorry, that was no, a joke. I but know. I, think, uh, I know. We'll get to I've that been later. taking shots on that all week. I'm sure. So thank you. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, now this would be uh, a mobile unit that could go into, let's say, Jacksonville, yeah. into Coolville, Albany, um, Gloucester, and and that's wonderful because. Again, there's areas that we all know really need to have the equal opportunity to make sure that that the the vaccine is getting out there. So that's pretty cool that that we were selected as one of four. Um, And uh, I wonder why they did select
2: Athens as one of four counties that are. Uh, could use that assistance?
3: I Well, I think that we're central enough to where it's not just Athens County. Um, ah. You know, we've got Morgan County, Perry County, Venton County, Meigs County. Uh, and so it would be able to to get into a lot of areas again that there may not be a pharmacy. Um, you know, uh, Kilvert or Lotridge, uh, you know, areas within our own county that we're familiar with that, that do not have pharmacies and are those individuals who live there, uh, do they have a way in which to come into the pharmacies that it might be nearby? But it's a challenge. Uh, so I, as I understand it, this unit isn't just for Athens County. It will be a unit that will be able to get out into places elsewhere that that uh, that there's need. So that's... Uh, you
2: know, if someone crosses the... I, I sort of wondered... You know, for a year or so, I've been keeping every day uh, a really complicated chart of world, U.S., Ohio, and Athens, and statistics all relative to this coronavirus thing. Now, um, you know, if someone gets a vaccine in Athens County, but they're from a different county... That's not split out very well, and you know I I don't care. I just want everybody to be well, but for the reporting purposes, it's complicated. Man, yeah. it is. Yeah, and I I'm amazed at how well they do. Well, let's let's uh, let's move on a little bit. So, um, you're, uh, you know, we've been airing. Um, let's see, there was a time when it was three days a week. Um the governor's uh, almost daily news conference on this topic. Um, I think we missed one yesterday. I don't know what my staff was doing, but uh, I'm told he had one yesterday, and we didn't broadcast it, so uh, we slipped up. But the point is they're becoming fewer and farther between because things are getting better. Right. And, um, as a mayor of a city in Athens, of the city in Ohio, um, how much time is this consumed on your
3: part? Oh, <laughs> it, 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 yeah, yeah, Scott's saying real little, a real little amount. No, it, it's, <laughs> uh, you know, it, I'm not going to say it's all-consuming because there are so many, as you're well aware, that there's so many moving parts to the city yes. with city operations. However... You know, I'm also well aware of what the coronavirus can do and has done to municipality functions elsewhere. You know, if you all of a sudden you have an outbreak within your water treatment plant or your wastewater treatment plant, how are you going to manage that to where your licensed operators, you know, might be out for 14 days? So it it was it was a. certainly a challenge my heart goes out to mayors that were newly minted in January of 2020 Um, and uh, not that I'm a pro at it but at least I had a term under my belt before the pandemic hit and I think that was helpful it was helpful to understand what assets or resources there are out there to to uh, uh, deploy or to engage with you know I my my new best friend has become uh, the administrator down at the Athens City County Health Department, Jack Pepper. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> he and I were communicating every day, if not twice a day, you know, starting back in March uh, and still communicate often. But even that has kind of tapered off because, again, things are seem to be improving. However, however, and I say this on my weekly update, uh, I say this on every soapbox I can stand on, is... Yes, we're seeing numbers drop in Athens County. Uh, that could be for a, a sundry of different reasons. Uh, however, don't let your guard down. You know, and I'm not saying that to scare anybody. I'm just saying, you know, the weather is going to get nice, and it is getting nice, except for the beautiful day that you've announced earlier, Today, today. Yeah,
2: yeah. <laughs> uh, they, they said on my drive today I may have some hail. I
3: heard that. We may have, uh, we may wake up to snow tomorrow morning. Uh, uh, (laughs) Anyway, go on. So, my my point being simple, and that is, you know, masks serve a purpose. Social distancing serves a purpose. When your number comes to go and get your vaccine, go and get your vaccine. But even after you go through your one dose or your two doses, if you're getting Pfizer, Moderna, you know, uh, it's still there is that potential of you being a carrier because you can be exposed to someone who is positive and then you can, can migrate that virus along. So please everyone continue to do the great job that you are doing by being safe and being responsible. I, I, I want to remind people, Dave, cause you know, for the, for everyone who's listening uh, may know this, but you know, when we did, have to go into a different mode of operations I would do be on your show Dave but I'd be doing it on my cell phone which tied up your party line so I'm here in the studio so if you've got questions to ask of the mayor things that have been burning and you've had to put them on hold for the past year make sure that you uh, call in and let so, me know what's um, on your mind
2: to that point uh, the phone number is 740. 592-6646. And, of course, uh, we've used that for years as our studio um, call-in line. And, um, but over the last year, not so much. <laughs> right. Anyway. Well, so it, the, l- the let's go. Wait, okay. I, I just
3: want to mention one more thing because um, you kind of touched on this a minute ago. Sorry, Dave, for interrupting. That's all right. Um, I, I was about, I don't know, eight blocks away from the city building. I've been going into the city building. Um, every, well, Monday through Friday, sometimes Saturdays and Sundays, uh, since April. Uh, By and large, um, city administration offices have been either closed or working remotely, but, you know, I I would come in, and I was driving in about a week ago, and uh, like I said, about eight blocks away from the office, and I'm driving along, and all of a sudden I started to feel like I was having COVID symptoms, my version was blurry. I was really getting heated and hot. Um, I had the shakes, and then all of a sudden I realized, wait a minute, I'm on Stimson Avenue. <laughs> so, so let's talk Stimson Avenue okay. for a minute, Dave.
2: Well, I, I still had some uh, COVID stuff to ask about, but uh, yes, uh, that is certainly a topic on our sheet today. Um, okay, so I go to the post office after this show every day um because we received some in our mailbox out of here but the majority at the post office at a mailbox there um mercy yeah yeah um you know so what started this is it a was it a water thing or was it a gas thing or what
3: no it wasn't any of the bo- the above so l- let me give a little history. St- Stimson Avenue, um, Stimson Avenue, as we saw it last summer, let's start there. Um, was a street that was was built in uh, 1969 um, and and kind of worked on into the 70s. It was it was built out, or the the most current concrete deck that we all know of um, was was put laid down in. 1969, early 70s, it was with the rerouting of the Hawking River. So that is pretty significant that it has lasted that long. Um, So it's lived its useful life. And we knew that uh, three or four years ago. We applied for uh, some Ohio Department of Transportation funding. Mm -hmm. We were successful in getting about $2.5 million in grant funding for the Stimson Avenue project. So it was a long, long thought through process, knowing, know, knowing full well that we needed to not only replace the roadway, but there were some pretty significant ADA concerns along the sidewalks to where if you were to walk down that sidewalk for some unknown reason, there were telephone poles right in the middle of the sidewalk, uh, which created challenges for safe passage. So... We went through the design process. Um, We started, uh, really, things started last fall with other utilities coming in, knowing that we had this on our schedule to where it was going to be a complete overhaul. So, you know, Columbia Gas came in and started replacing gas lines. This is all pretty typical. If you're going to do a major project, you don't want to have aging infrastructure Underneath this, after you build a new street or new sidewalk, new whatever, only to have a failure a year or two later and have to chew the whole thing up and replace whatever has broken. Uh, same holds true with water lines, sewer lines, storm. So, uh, Columbia Gas came in first, um, which was, you know, caused a fair amount of disruption. Now the general contractor's in, their working on the north side of Stimson Avenue between the new roundabout and East State Street. So they're gonna be laying, again, a uh, new uh, uh, sanitary sewer line through there. Water line replacements have taken place too. but Those will continue, new storm. And then what they'll do is by July, the schedule is by July, they'll have completed the north side of the street And then they will transition to the south side and uh, you know the current schedule is to be complete by late October I know that's a long time frame but I'll tell you the Stimson Avenue corridor between state and the new roundabout is probably one of the more challenging when it comes to public right-of-way which is our ability to work within set number of feet it's the narrowest one of the narrowest rights away that the city has um because of the homes that are built along uh, each side of the street as you get kind of down near where sonic is Mm -hmm. um so it's kind of been a a real engineering challenge for both our engineers but the contracted uh, engineer design team on this project so uh there you have it, Dave. It's uh, it's it's we recognize that it's bumpy, um, and that we will continue to press the contractor to put cold mix asphalt down until the asphalt plants open up. When they do, we can put hot mix down to lessen the uh, the burden on people's cars as you're driving down. You know, there's uh, the well, de- uh, Let
2: me just ask now. Yeah. Um, Simpson Avenue was all concrete and um, you know certainly to my eye anyway concrete lasts a long time and um, particularly if you don't have to poke holes in it once in a while Uh, but when you do then that that disturbs that particular small section now um, so I would think from a Economics point of view, as well as a quality of transportation point of view, concrete is better. However, um, you're right. You've got to replace everything under it once in a while, or you're going to be poking holes in it. Now, when Stimson is done, so in October, if we hit the deadline, is it going to be a paved street or a concrete street?
3: I think that's still being negotiated with the general contractor, okay. Dave, as to whether it's concrete. Initially, it was concrete. Then we started thinking, well, there's cost savings to go asphalt, uh, which is fine. Let me let me give a, a real quick point to the concrete <clears throat> because it is, you know, 50 years old as a roadway, mm-hmm. uh, and certainly we've had to repair water line breaks, sewer breaks, um, other utilities have had come in had. Have had to come in, uh, you know, Columbia Gas, whomever, and make repairs. And anytime you start cutting through a concrete roadway, and then if even if you patch it back with concrete or with whatever, you know, you're you're you are affecting the integrity of that material. Yes. You know, drive up 33 between, you know, State Street and, uh, uh, Columbia here, and we cut through where the there is the cut th- on 33, and you look at that stone, and it's like every year you sit there and see something that crumbles away and drops down, and some of that is due to moisture, you know, freezing and thawing. Well, the same thing can happen to the roadways, where it sits there and starts to continually degrade that road surface. So, um, uh, Concrete certainly does last longer, no doubt about it. Uh, but there's newer materials, newer technologies coming out in the asphalt world that is certainly extending the life of those. And and when it does start to degrade, it just goes on to our annual repaving schedule. And it gets milled and repaved. But thank goodness we won't have to do that for 20 years after this is done, or 25 years.
2: Or 50 or fifty, <laughs> you know, which is what it did the first time. That's right. But the, the, okay, so you know, I I'm kind of weird. So sometimes I'm there in, in bed at night, waiting to go to sleep, and I'm thinking, you know, if I could just invent a, a pothole fill pro, um, um, ingredient, um, why is it so complicated? <laughs> yeah. You know why. Okay, so Cold Patch, we know... That they just put some out here in front of the radio station on this road. What's this called? Theater Lane or something like that. And, um, you know, it's it, it helps for a day or two, and then it gets pulled out because it... Never mind. Um, but why can't we have some sort of liquid that we pour in it, it seeks level, and you pour it in to the point where it fills up to the same level as the good material around it and it doesn't pop out of the hole yeah or um you know if someone could invent mercy we may, we have uh, this stuff you pour on wood and make fancy um i don't even know what it's called but tabletops that are nearly indestructible yeah the, the epoxies yes yeah. yes um well anyway it's just amazing to me that something, some new concept, hasn't ever come up by after all these years.
3: <sighs> well, anyway, <laughs> sigh. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 feel the same way, Dave. I mean, I, I know there's technologies out there. Um, I, I have often told uh, folks over at the Russ College of Engineering. You know, if you, if you're working on something interesting, um, you know, or maybe some new. Material for patching, you know, as long as you don't burn the city to the ground, you know, I'm open to trying something. You know, if yeah. you want to have a test run somewhere. Sure. Go for it. Sure. Just, you need my permission, that's all.
2: <laughs> well, um, I want to go back to coronavirus. Um, the economic impact. Um, <clears throat> you know, they make so much about it on the news, and rightfully so, because it has affected so many businesses, including our own right here. Yes um what what um, what is your
3: sense of the city sadly you know i we have lost some businesses um i think that there are also some businesses that were struggling pre-pandemic and the pandemic accelerated things as we know it um so there has been impacts i think there's also been some growth dave um You know, we had, uh, there's a new restaurant that uh, did a major overhaul of the building that it's in. It's the, you know. um, Former Cornwell Jewelers. It is. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, what is it? Um, North End? Yes. uh, Which I have frequented or at least carry out uh, once if not twice and really enjoyed that food. So there is some growth. We're seeing, we lost Mountain Laurel. Which was really sad. Um, I would always go in there and get the specialized, you know, specialty gifts for people or whatever. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, that, that was, that troubled me. Um, but I was mm, but also. But on the other
2: hand, Bagel Street yeah, Buggy thank, or uh, Bagel Street Deli. Yeah, right, right. Uh, it just allowed them to expand. And they're one of my favorites.
3: Right. And there is people that, uh, that. That are looking at the former Follett's bookstore, um, uh, university Follett's University bookstore. So we'll see. We'll see how things go. But no, there, there's no doubt about no doubt in my mind that that businesses have not been impacted. The university has certainly been impacted. Um, you know, jobs and careers have been impacted by COVID-19. It's uh,
2: mm-hmm.
3: it's been tough. It's been tough. Um, Let's talk
2: about, um, let's see, a topic that's been brought up in other cities, particularly large ones. uh, Columbus has been hit with it pretty hard. And that is, uh, uh, I don't know, I'll use the term law enforcement civility. Um, But there's, there's also an expression, racial equity. And I think the two are nearly the same or the concepts. What, they're, what people are concerned about, it's all part of that, right? Right. Now, right. I've never particularly felt that our city had any kind of problem. But I'll bet Columbus didn't think they had any kind of problem either um, until recently.
3: Now that And you're right. And I, to kind of put an exclamation mark on a comment you just made, and that is, you know, people saying, well, that doesn't happen here. Well, yes, it does. Um, you know, discrimination does happen everywhere. Uh, systemic racism happens everywhere and has for 450 years uh, on this, this continent uh, in uh, the colonies and beyond. And um, back in... In June of last year, Councilmember Sarah Grace brought forward a resolution, you know, declaring racism as a uh, public health emergency crisis. And Uh, who did that? uh, Sarah Grace. Oh, yes. okay. Councilmember Grace. I missed that. And uh, within that resolution, it speaks to the mayor's office putting together a, a panel or a task force to... Look at um, operations and policies in the police department in the city and hiring practices. You know, just it was it was citywide, uh, city government operations wide, mm-hmm. and uh, we've been doing a lot of work in that area. Um, and we will soon be working with um, an organization, uh, an entity that's going to um, do a full blown diversity, equity, and inclusion audit of the city. Again, looking at our policies, hiring practices, uh, policing, um, code enforcement, uh, even going back and looking at the ordinances and seeing, Mm -hmm. and it's not only looking to see, is there anything that we're doing or anything that's in, you know, that operationally that is discriminatory, it's also looking at what's lacking. You know, are there things that are lacking when it comes to to racial equity, to LGBTQ um, discrimination, to, to um, uh, anybody uh, with disabilities uh, discrimination, sure. you know, all those elements. So it's, 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 it's going to be extensive as we go down this path. Um, I've been doing a lot of self-education by reading a lot of books lately, Dave. There's some that I would re- suggest to people that are listening. One in particular is uh, Ibram Kendi's book called Stamped uh, Racism, Anti Racism in You. Uh, another book that I would recommend is a book that's called So You Want to Talk About Race. Uh, and there's lots and lots of books out there, but those are two of probably 10 books that I have been educating myself on as to, you know, racism, how it started how it's impacting daily lives now and and potentially in the future, well, certainly in the future, and what we can do to to uh, basically change, and we need to change. Um, so back to your point uh, or your comment, because I do hear that a, part, a lot from different people saying, well, that doesn't happen here. And it's like, yes, it does. You're fooling yourself if you you think that it doesn't happen here.
2: Well, you know, <clears throat> I have three kids. Um, one is married to a Russian woman. Another is married to a Thai woman. And the third is married to a really weirdo, Pittsburgh. Okay. Um, no, I'm kidding. Of now, um, but, I, you know, I'm hearing now that there is a certain... Flow of, of um, against Asian Americans, and as the fact that I have a daughter-in-law who is, and I have a granddaughter who appears to be Asian, and that's worrisome.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And mm-hmm. yes, um, so you know. I'm an Ohioan. Uh, is you know, but years ago, wasn't there somebody who probably said, "Oh, Ohioans are all awful," or um, think of another state uh, where they they just didn't have the same reputation as those nearby. I why do we have to always bracket people or?
3: I think that's all part of you know the system again, Dave. You know systemic racism brackets people. Systemic racism, yeah. Re- whether you're black, brown, indigenous, you know people of color, it, it it is it's part of the system that is bracketing or categorizing people as less than. Um, and it's uh, it's it's a big, serious problem. I mean, you know, I think we're all tracking what happened in Atlanta, um, you know, the past day or so. And, uh, and something else, Dave, and you kind of touched on this. So, um, your, your granddaughter is, or or grandchild is multicultural. Yeah. And, um, you know, within the book, uh, so you want to talk about race, it talks about intersectionality. And intersectionality is the complexity and the issues that individuals who, let's say, are uh, a black individual who whose mother is white uh, and father is black, um, who is also, um, uh, you know, part of the LGBTQ plus community. So now you have not only the discrimination of being multicultural biracial you have the discrimination of being a woman the that what comes along with with gender inequality and then you also have um the um the fact that there's discrimination against people who are gay lesbian bi trans um binary and so think about the how things get compounded for someone who uh is uh, lives a complex life this is their life and they have to worry about well am I going to be discriminated against because I'm, I'm gay or I'm lesbian or am I being discriminated against because I'm black or I'm Asian or am I being discriminated against because I'm a woman and you know the answer in a lot of cases is yes yes and yes um, but it's you know I, I just want to stress to everybody do your homework and understand what racism is um, and what it takes to be an active ally. Uh, You know, I often see, um, you know, and I'm, I have this in front of my house, you know, a sign, Black Lives Matter. Yes, Black Lives Matter. Um, But I'm also actively doing things to try to, to be a A active ally, not a performative ally. It's one thing to put a sign in your yard and say, okay, I've done my thing. There it is. This is what I believe. uh, And not do anything else about it. Another is to just put yourself in uncomfortable positions and do what is right and help those using your white privilege.
2: I shouldn't tell this.
3: Go ahead. So, when the
2: popularity of putting up a sign saying Black Lives Matter I put up a sign in my yard saying all lives matter. And I got some hate for it. And I don't understand why. Um, So I took it down. But um, in my mind, everybody matters. And to simply say, well, that person there is black or somebody else is of some international background I I I thought all lives matter really was cool but what did I miss what was I doing wrong
3: well I, I would say Dave that what you missed is the fact that with black lives matter it's it's based on the fact that when you look at the percentage of black individuals that are experiencing health disparities, mm-hmm. you know, that are exponentially higher than it is for white individuals. When you look at the deaths due to uh, policing actions in comparison to police actions against a white individual, look at all of those percentages, education, employment, salaries, health care. Um, It's just overwhelming, and that's the difference, Dave. I would say, is that... Well, I don't...
2: In my sign, or at least my intent of my sign, was that everybody matters, and I don't want someone of color, I guess I'll use that expression, to um, be treated badly. I don't want anybody being treated badly. But um, some people took it much differently, and I still don't get it. <laughs> I, st- I thought I I'd done something cool.
3: Oh, well. Well, I, I encourage you to read the book. Okay. So you wanna talk about race as a starting point, Dave. <laughs>
2: I'll, I'll jump in, my wife will help me. Okay. Okay, so um, let's, let's uh, see, what do we got? 14 minutes left. Um, the university, such an important part of our community um it's been um there's been a lot of criticism over the last year again it happens to coincide with the covid mess the calendar that is um what what is your impression
3: with uh, the university yes uh well you know i think that they do have some significant challenges. Um, I think they have some significant financial challenges going on. Um, you know, there's some some issues um, that have been have come to light with the ridges, um, and to to repair and preserve the ridges is expensive but also a lot of deferred maintenance all over campus uh, in classroom spaces, uh, which is expensive, that there's challenges there. Um, uh, They've just got some real challenges, you know, and and I'm hopeful um, that at some point soon, you know, within the next few years, that enrollments start to pick back up again Although I will say that I think that with the pandemic, where everybody had to shift quickly, mind you, in March to online instruction completely, where there's a lot of faculty that have never done that before, yet now have a year, minus the summer, under their belt for online instruction, uh, there's a part of me that wonders, you know, how many colleges and universities are going to continue down that path? and stay, continue to have a larger-than-had-been-experienced online presence for instruction. I I don't know. Uh, I do believe that that were the case where the university, if the university stayed with that, um, my fear is that we're going to continue to see more impacts with some of our businesses, in particular those that are up on Court Street uh, in the, the core of our historic retail area um but uh you know Robin Oliver who's the marketing individual for campus i think she's got some some good ideas um moving forward when it comes to recruitment tools and um, recruitment materials i think their rebranding is interesting uh and i'm hoping that their rebranding um you know forever ohio that that works. Uh, the thing that I am working with a number of people here in the city of Athens, to include County Commissioner Chris Schmiel and and many others, um, is selling Athens and Athens County out well outside the state of Ohio to, you know, the coasts uh, that keep getting impacted by hurricanes and you know, areas where people are tired of paying exorbitant flood insurance or whatever, and saying, you know what, you've all learned how to work remotely, I'm sure, to some extent, if not completely. Athens and Athens counties a really nice place to live, work, and play. We have a great quality of life. Um, and if you can work remotely, come to Athens, live here. Um, so even the city is kind of rethinking how we start to open ourselves up to to attract people who want to look for a different place to live, work, and play and come down here. We have the Bailey Trail System, which is continually expanding um, and will someday be 88 miles of mountain bike trail. I just got a really cool email yesterday out of the blue, uh, an individual who lives in Dayton. And it was basically... You know, uh, you know, hey, Mayor Patterson, the the Bailey Trail system is going to be one of the best things ever. I'm an avid mountain biker. I go to Indiana to go mountain biking. I can't wait to be able to drive two and a half hours to go and experience something. I'm coming, you know, soon. I can't remember when he said he was coming, but but the real thing that struck me is something that I've known for quite some time is the guys going and I will stay in your hotels and eat in your restaurants and spend money in your community, which is exactly what we want people to do. So I think we're kind of at this tipping point within Athens County, Dave, to where we need to fully embrace tourism and development that accommodates tourism here in our region. Um, you know, heck, look how many people come to the Hawking Hills uh, and enjoy Old Man's Cave and Kentwell Cliffs and so on and so forth. Well, what's, there, another, what's another 30 minutes? You I've know?
2: been here, some might say, too long. Um, I got here in 73. I moved here from Hawaii, okay? Um, but the point is that over those many years, there have been several very successful efforts to increase Athens economic hardiness through tourism and encouraging people to come and have a great time and then they can return to their homes wherever they may be and we've actually had some people that have decided to move here and imagine that. I, I'm i just so bullish on Athens. Um, I actually catch a little grief about it once in a while uh, from family members. But I love Athens, and I can't imagine living anywhere else.
3: I, I can't either, Dave. You know, I Dave, I serve on, uh, I think, 14 different boards or commissions ranging from, you know, uh, South Central Ohio Red Cross board. I serve on the National League of Cities. You know that, I International Town Gown Association. So these aren't all just central, you know, city yeah, centric. Yeah. And, and part of my willingness to serve on them is, you know, one, I like to learn, but also you know, provide my expertise or my knowledge base to what that, that board may need, mm. but also is to promote Athens you know that we're here uh, come visit us the the uh, we have something that we put together under the International Town Gown Association which I was just recently elected as to, to on the executive board for the International Town Gown Association as their treasurer and but we years ago developed what we call the Ohio Town Gown Summit which is kind of underneath ITGA International Town Gown Association and so that conference albeit virtual, will be here in Athens, but we are still encouraging people. It'll be in mid-June. I'm sorry, mid-July. And we're encouraging people, you know, that you can still come down here to Athens and experience Athens as part of that conference experience. Um, and uh, But for me, it's getting people exposed to our amazing city and county. So, you
2: know... Uh, you know I... Over, we've had 600 employees at this radio station in my years. And we have a lengthy list um, with, you know, all their information. It is amazing to me how many of them continue to keep in touch because Athens was a highlight in their life. And I'm not saying being employed here, although some would say that. I'm not saying, I'm saying they loved Athens, right? And they still miss Athens, right? Right. It's so cool.
3: Well, and Dave, you've had um, a number of long-term guests in your home with uh, international students, twenty, twenty-some. I know, and and that's the other thing, Dave. So yeah, you hear about people saying, you know, they'll do this all the time. You go to, you know, I hear graduates from Ohio State sit there and say, What a great experience I had with Ohio State. Go, Buckeyes. Okay, cool. But you don't ever hear them say, You know, I had such a great experience at Ohio State. Columbus is awesome. Whereas it's just the opposite here. You hear graduates from Ohio University, and one of the first things out of their mouth is that they're going to say, Athens was such a great experience. Mm. Athens. Mm. The international students you know I was just uh, asked to speak at the um, African student unions um, night of celebration last week and uh, and there too you're you know the international students feel the same way Dave they're they're gonna n- they'll never forget Athens and a lot of them want to come back uh, and some do you know and they yes so it's Athens is just one of those places that's got this crazy magnetism, uh, and I mean that in a good I, way.
2: I've told this on the air <laughs> once or twice at least. I'm, I'm sure. <laughs> but, yeah. you know, one of the guys that lived with my parents when I was in high school in our home is now king of Bahrain, you know? <laughs> um, that's crazy. Yeah, yeah. Oh, well. So Listen. Each year, you do a year-end review, and um, it's generally posted on the uh, uh, on the city's website. And it's um, for some reason or other this year, it's a little more polished. And um, so, speak to that.
3: Sure. Yeah. Every year, each department publishes a annual review um, of what they accomplished, what they were doing. And they also, in, you know, within their report, talk about what they um, are planning to do the, the following year. And it's it's thick. You know, it's, it's probably two binders thick. Um, so it's a big document. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, you know, anybody can request it and, and we will provide that information or by department. This year we decided to do something different. Um, and it is to condense things down to approximately, you know, a 14-page brief uh, that will be published and made to look nice and has a lot of images throughout it. But it gives a pretty much a, just a cliff-note snapshot of what is going on in each department, uh, what they've accomplished, and what they plan to accomplish in the following year. And we're calling it uh, 45701,
2: um, colon... I don't understand
3: yeah, yeah, a lot of people yeah, don't. Was, Maybe we should change that name to you know a 740 or something. I don't know. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> I'm sorry, no, go this, ahead. <laughs> this I is shouldn't good. have ever spoken. Uh, and so we're going to uh, we've come up with the final edition or the final draft, I should say, of this, and we're gonna. Have this up at the city building. Uh, hopefully, we'll get it out elsewhere to where people can pick it up. It's a quick read, and you can, you know, better understand everything that's been taking place throughout the city. What engineering and public works has been doing? What the code office has been doing? Police, fire, IT, if that's your thing, um, and uh, human resources, mm-hmm. arts, parks, and recreation which is doing some great things, Dave. You know, one of the big things, and I'll be quick because I know we're running out of time, is uh, Terry Moore is really going to push the envelope. We're going to see some really special things coming out of Arts, Parks, and Recreation, in particular in our parks. More arts in the parks, uh, possibly getting some small stages uh, in our parks where there can be performing arts going on. Who knows? We're going to shake it up. We're going to really shake it up this year.
2: Well, I I would simply mention if there's a a vacancy down the road on that, uh, for 30 years I was on it, I'd love to rejoin it. But um, arts, parks, recreation, it's been a very important topic to me for
3: all my life. I will do my best to get you on, Dave. Um,
2: listen, uh, just keep up the good work, and... um, I, I think of, of the list of employees that I know and my, um, how well I think of them um, from all departments at the city. Just keep things going, well. Would, would you?
3: I will. I will do my best, Dave. I love what I'm doing. Um, I've had a lot of people ask me, you know, how are you doing?
2: Yeah. And we're out of time. <laughs> we'll do it next show, I there guess. There you go. All All right, folks.
1: In our 71st year of service to Southeast Ohio, AM 970 and
0: 97.1 FM. W-A-T-H, F-N-S.
1: This is CBS News on the Hour, presented by Indeed.com.
0: I'm Deborah Rodriguez. The White House confirms President Biden and Vice President Harris will meet with Asian-American leaders in Atlanta tomorrow to offer support after this week's deadly shootings at spas in Georgia. Six of the eight people killed were Asian women. The 21-year-old suspect claims he was atoning for a sex addiction. State lawmaker Bea Nguyen. When we think about taking the word of the perpetrator themselves How many of them are going to admit that it was a racially motivated killing? Police say they're not ruling that out. Severe storms and tornadoes that ripped through states from Texas to Georgia are expected to slam the Carolinas today. Jennifer Patterson hung onto a tree in her yard in Tuscaloosa. I started once, I'll start again. And I know the good Lord was watching over me, because how that little old bitty tree (laughs) held me, I don't know. We're expecting an announcement next hour from Europe's medicine regulator on whether it's found evidence linking AstraZeneca's COVID shot to blood clots. Some three dozen people out of the 17 million who got the shot developed cerebral blood clots. European Medicines Chief Emer Cook says establishing the truth takes time. Our experts are working tirelessly to carry out this assessment as quickly as possible, but we cannot come to a conclusion until we've done a thorough scientific analysis. She remains convinced the vaccine's benefits outweigh any risks, and she also says similar rare events have been reported with the Pfizer and Moderna jabs. Vicki Barker, C. News, London. There's a new sign pandemic layoffs are still high. The number of people filing for jobless claims was up last week to 770,000. Economist Joel Naroff is hopeful.
2: The trend is modestly down as the economy continues to slowly reopen, and we should
0: start seeing an even greater decline in the next couple of months. More jobs are coming back at movie theaters. Welcome to IMAX.